This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie During the week, the Central Bank of Ireland published its second quarterly bulletin of 2022. These regular bulletins contain information on key economic data as well as forecasts for the future and we're all interested in that in these uncertain times. During the week, I spoke with one of the authors of the bulletin. That's Martin O'Brien. He's head of Irish Economic Analysis with the Central Bank of Ireland. I started by asking him to tell me about how the data on which the bulletin is based is sourced. So, I mean, there's a vast array of sources. There's obviously, there's official data uh, that, say, will be published by people like the Central Statistics Office. Uh, there's other data that will come from other government departments. There's, you know, the policy measures themselves, that, say, government departments and the central bank, etc., would be taking that would also inform uh, the outlook. We also do engage quite a bit with um, uh, with, with business representative bodies, and in particular, we do uh, reach out and get some, you know, uh, qualitative insights, in particular, from people to, to try and inform our own our own outlook as well so that kind of two-way interaction between uh, the central bank and, and also reaching out into different communities across the country is also an important feature to inform the outlook now before this week the last uh, quarterly bulletin was released on the 26th of january and the headline was positive economic outlook a lot has changed since then um the headline on the most recent one has been slower than previous uh targets are slower than previous forecasts, but growth set to continue, uh, but higher inflation. Tell us about the headlines in the current economic bulletin. Yeah, that's right, uh, John. I mean, so I mean, on the face of them, and in, of, in and of themselves, you know, the numbers that we've just published uh, earlier this week are, are, are relatively favourable. Uh, it's still seeing you know growth in the domestic economy averaging about four percent over the next two to three years. We're still expecting you know about one hundred ninety thousand net new jobs to be created in the economy out to twenty twenty four. But obviously, you know, the world has changed quite a bit uh, between January and the start of April. Uh, most notably, the, the Russian war and the invasion of Ukraine uh, has meant that there is a, 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 a significant impact in terms of commodity prices and the outlook for inflation in particular has changed. And that has a knock-on impact in terms of how the expectation was currently relative to, say, what it was back in January, where we were forecasting pretty exceptional growth rates uh, for the economy. Uh, that's been tempered somewhat by the recent developments. As I said, the main channel that, that that's coming through is the, the, the higher than previously anticipated inflation and the extent that which that is lasting longer uh, in in 2022 in particular, and that has an implication for you know, for people's you know, real real incomes, how much they are going to be able to spend, what they're going to be spending on, and then that also sort of feeds through to to overall you know, growth in the economy. Yeah, higher inflation is really eye popping. Really, um, tell us about the forecasts for the way the central bank thinks it's going to go this year. So at the moment, the current expectation now is that the uh, the inflation rate uh, will, will 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 average about six and a half percent for the year as a whole. Now that's very high by historical standards. Even uh, you know for the year as a whole, if we were to think about that, you know, we're talking about you know, almost forty years on, you know, since we've had similar similar readings within 2022 itself. Uh, we're expecting uh, so sort of the monthly inflation numbers that you w- people will be, be uh, aware of that come out uh, every month. We, we're expecting that to continue to increase. The latest one was about 
6.8%. Um, uh, and we're expecting that to increase, obviously, through uh, to the middle of the summer, uh, probably you know hitting around 8% uh, in, in the summer before gradually easing uh, in the rest of the year. So, unfortunately, in the short term, um, you know, you know, further price increases uh, to be expected. And this is really being driven, you know, primarily by what's happening in in energy prices. Uh, what we're seeing is that the prices of of uh, energy in the whole international wholesale markets for say oil for gas, uh, they have spiked quite significantly uh, in the last couple of weeks as a result of the uh, the, the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, they had already been quite high, in particular for gas, uh, even before that, uh, and that's sort of gradually passing through to the prices that you know the households and businesses uh, in Ireland will pay for things like the electricity, things like the gas uh, for you know fuel for transport, etc. And there are also other implications then of that because energy is such a sort of core input to economic life in general. Um, you know, businesses that are facing costs, uh, higher cost of production, will then also, you know, for the most part, be passing that on to, uh, to a certain extent, will be passing that on to their own con- customers. And so we start to see, um, you know, prices for other goods and services increasing uh, as well, most notably, I think, food uh, in, in, over the 2022. So the two biggest components, if we look at sort of what, what makes up the inflation for figures for this year, are really what's happening on the energy side, the fuel side, and also uh, increasingly so as the year goes on in terms of, of food price inflation too. Three pr- pretty important components, Tani, household uh, basket. With consumer price inflation, as, as you indicated, at pretty, you know, unusually, uh, very unusually, and even historically high levels, if you go back over a 30-year period, any indication of what this is going to do on consumer demand, which is a key component for business? Yeah, no, it certainly will uh, 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 dampen it somewhat. I mean, what we are also seeing, you know, overall, um, we're probably looking at, you know, real incomes going down uh, um, by about, you know, 3 to 4% uh, in terms of what people, uh, the spending power that people have. Now, it has to be said that you know the recovery from the pandemic has been quite remarkable in terms of consumer demand and uh, you know there is quite a lot of momentum coming into this year uh, that would be supportive of of the business environment and, and the consumer uh, what has happened is that because of the higher inflation, it's taken a little bit of a hit. Um, so we're expecting you know, um, cons- uh, consumption overall to grow by about 7% this year, which is still remarkably strong uh, and coming off the back of obviously quite a challenging couple of years for uh, for particularly consumer-facing services, uh, uh, accommodation, restaurants, etc. Um, so while there will be some challenges, and, and a lot of the, as you mentioned, the, sort of the goods that we're seeing, the, the prices increase this is on, they're very difficult for consumers to sort of uh, not they don't they can't consume they can't move away from them necessarily uh, you know you still need to, to, to have your heat and light you still need to have your your, your staples in terms of food uh, so you know some of the more discretionary aspects of consumer spending might might not be as uh, as robust over the coming period because of that of that high inflation I think another thing just to note is that, like we also had quite a big uh, increase in terms of uh, um, uh, savings during the pandemic where in essence people weren't able to consume uh, they weren't 
weren't able to go out and spend their money, but they were still getting you know, reasonably good uh, income growth over the ca- past couple of years. Uh, and that provides some sort of buffer for some households anyway, uh, in terms of uh, ensuring that they can maintain uh, spending to a certain extent, even in the face of, of, of some of that higher inflation. But obviously, you know, that differs across different households, in particular lower income households, uh, rural households, um, uh, older households are, are really the ones that are, are, are particularly affected by the, the kind of the inflation that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, now the consumption forecast is pretty encouraging at 7.4%, uh, but interesting to see it's slowing, uh, forecast to slow next year and the year after to 4.7% and 3.9% um, uh, into the, those two years. What's a normal year, so to speak, consumption forecast? You know, would 7.4% be really above average? Oh yeah, no, seven point seven four percent would still be quite exceptional um, in that in that regard. Uh, but uh, it, uh, the seven point four percent is obviously flattered uh, because of you know uh, last year we had obviously the impact of the pandemic restrictions still being in place for a significant part of the year. Um, uh, but the normal sort of range would be in the region of three to four percent, um, you know, every year. So what we're while we are seeing them th- those growth rates uh, ease, uh, as you mentioned, next year and the year after, you know, they're still quite, um, you know, they're, they're still quite favourable overall. Um, uh, but I would also say that there is a huge amount of uncertainty at the moment around the outlook, and you know, people have to be conscious of that as well. Uh, a lot of what we're, you know, the forecast is is, is basically hinged on, um, you know, the expectations around the, in the wholesale markets around how energy prices and things will evolve. And right now, those expectations are for energy prices to, while remaining high, uh, not to be as increasing as much and perhaps coming down a little bit through 2023 and into 2024. And that's what then sort of, uh, you know, it's a real sort of linchpin on, on the outlook that we have in our bulletin. Uh, if anything, for any reason, that wasn't to be the case, to whether you know, if unfortunately the the, the situation in Ukraine uh, gets worse, or the the implications, the economic implications that get, get that, that gets worse, you know, the outcome could be could be a, a little bit less rosy. Mm. Uh, so it's it is something to just be conscious of that there is a lot of un- a, a huge amount of uncertainty, and even more so than what would normally be the case uh, in terms of the current outlook. I'm not sure what Ireland's previous trade links and the extent of trade with Ukraine and Russia have been, but uh, some of our people that we'd be doing business with presumably Germany for example would have big uh, trade links with them what kind of impact is that disruption going to have on Irish exporters do you think or is there any indication on that there is uh, and you're right so all our direct sort of trade links as you mentioned between the two countries there Russia and Ukraine wouldn't be very large it is large in terms of certain certain um, um, products um, so for example you know coal um, uh, certain cereals as well maize um, and uh, you know there are certain uh, fertilizer chemical fertilizer as well so there are some domestic implications for certain sectors as a result of, 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 of reduced trade and those coming from uh, from Russia and Ukraine particularly in the agriculture sector so it's not sur- surprising that you know uh, you know the costs of, of production in the agriculture sector is going to be are going to be higher and that will likely as I said inform the the food price developments as we as, as I mentioned to you earlier but you're right in terms of the broader perspective uh, you know this is a significant impact on the European economy more generally we don't have a very uh, large direct exposure to say Russian oil or Russian gas uh, but you know other countries in Europe do uh, and 
you know the implications of that is that you know uh, the, the as the, the the moves are being made away from uh, from from those products, uh, there is going to be a transition period. It, it is going to impact in terms of demand in countries in uh, that are more severely directly exposed to Russia, um, uh, you know, in Europe, and you know we would expect that uh, that would also impact on the level of export growth uh, from Ireland to those countries like you know Germany. Italy, um, etc. Uh, and so we have reduced somewhat our outlook for the export, export growth uh, this year. Um, uh, but it should also be mentioned that that, that that sort of is perhaps going to be more acutely felt by, I suppose, the indigenous exporter, if I can put it to you like that, the, 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 uh, the, the small business exporter as opposed to necessarily the multinationals. Um, our multinational exports are really concentrated um, in sort of um, sectors like pharmaceuticals and things like that that would be that are having challenges but not perhaps to the same extent as say the the, the, the small to medium sized business might be facing um, uh, in in the con- that are that are exporters into those sort of markets uh, uh, like uh, like we mentioned on the, on the continent. Well, look, it looks to me like uh, the quarterly bulletin, the third quarterly bulletin for 2022 is going to be an interesting one and hopefully we can have you back on to talk to us about that. Martin O'Brien, Head of Economic Analysis at the Central Bank of Ireland. Thanks very much. Thanks, John. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie